Eagles Entertainment. Welcome, Eagles, everywhere to the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you on this Monday. The Eagles getting real close here to the end of their virtual off-season program. The Novacare Complex is open, albeit on a limited basis, and we will get Don Smolensky here in the coming weeks to talk about how that process is working, get into the specifics of that, and we'll look ahead at what the plan is for 2020 and the Philadelphia Eagles on the field. In today's podcast, we're going to introduce a new segment called Stats Corner. Jacob from the Eagles Kids Club is going to join me. We're going to talk about Carson Wentz and the fourth quarter comeback. He took a big step forward in 2019 in that department. First, though, you know him from being on television, NBC10, the official station of the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. Vaisa Kahima is on the air from 4 a.m. to 7 a.m. and then again at 11 a.m. And he's been there since 1994. Before that, of course, Vi played with the Eagles in 1992 and 93. Also played with the Cardinals and with the Packers. Sikahima's big play, 1992. 87-yard punt return against the New York Giants. Plan B signing by Sikahema, one-time pro bowler with the Cardinals. He tries to go all the way with Jeff Philadelphia Eagles punt. He almost does. It's down to the three. He's got a very interesting perspective on... Yeah, his career and the success that he had, but also on the city of Philadelphia and on just how much we all need this great game of football. Vi, how are you, man? It's so, it's so good to, to connect with you during these very troubling times. How are you holding up? But I'm, I'm well. I'm, I'm you know, healthy. I'm, I'm, I'm working every day. I go into the studio. I'm, I'm the uh, lone anchor on my morning team that goes into the studio. Everybody else works from home, so I'm I'm fine. I, you know, it's it's just amazing what we're living through. It's the first time in what over 100 years since we've been through a world pandemic. So this doesn't happen all the time. This is like a once every two or three generation kind of thing. I would like to talk about your career with the Eagles, but I also want to talk first about in in times like this and highlighting and just emphasizing how important sports are in our society and how much we miss sports and how much we look forward to football. What's your perspective on that? Well, clearly sports has a, has a bigger role in American society. I, you know, I don't know. I've, I've, I've lived in another part of the world, but sports there doesn't have the place that it holds in our hearts here. It, it, it's uh and and you know we 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 give money to it, we give time to it, our energy, our uh, our heart, our emotions. So there's a huge investment of time, energy, money, everything. Sports is such a big deal in this country, and, and maybe some people think we give we give it too much power because of but but it's it's the American way of life. It's 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 so part such a part of uh, Americana and our, our, you know, just our American way of thinking and how we see the world. We, you know, we, we like winning. That's another thing. We love to win. We, we love watching games and, 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 and seeing uh, heroics. I think that's part of what being an American is. 
Vi, is, it, is your heart telling you that the NFL will play a full season in 2020 and that that will help America get back to normal? I think so. Uh, honestly, we, we've done, you know, we've gone without uh, the NBA, you know, was canceled, right? So was the NHL. Baseball started into their spring training and then never got out. It's, and it's not just because I played the game, okay? I think you and I both know this. But America, you know, they say that, you know, that baseball is America's pastime. Well, well, football has surpassed it, you know, decades ago. And, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm not sure what it is. I, I'm an immigrant to this country. But, but American football, I think, represents so much of what our country is. Um, but I think it's, it's the, st- the strategy of football. Um, it's the way that it's played. Um, it, it's, it's uniquely American, right? I mean, basketball can be played in every country in the world, but football is uniquely is a, is a uniquely American game. Baseball is being played. There's a league going on in Korea right now, but but football is only played here. We've tried to, you know, export it to Europe. You know, with fits and starts, and it's never caught on. It's just a uniquely American game, and I think I think it's going to help America, and I think it's going to help America heal. Um, while I think the other sports leagues can be canceled, if you cancel football, that is going to really hurt America. That's just how I see it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I certainly am keeping my fingers crossed that there'll be a full season. You were in the NFL locker room from 1986 to 1993 with the Cardinals, with the Packers, 92 and 93 with the Eagles. What is an NFL locker room like in terms of racial mixture and, and every culture and background and people coming from all parts of the world? And you really have to get along in that locker room to have success on the field. Can you take us into the locker room and what it was like for you? You know, I, I think, you know what, Dave, this is another function why football is important and, and why sports in general is important, Right. When you come into a locker room, as you know, you know, you've got Jewish players, you've got, you know, Latter-day Saints, you've got Catholics, you've got Muslims, um, you know, you have white players, black players, you've got Polynesian players, you got Hispanic, I played with some Asian players. Um, you have a cauldron, a mix of guys who come together in a locker room, and by the way, you're not only... You're from different parts of the country, but you're also from different parts of the world. And so you got you got white Southerners, and you got you know you got African Americans who grew up in the inner cities uh, of of the northwest, northeast. You also have African Americans who grew up in the south, um, and in more more rural areas. Same with 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 white players. Your Polynesians typically come from the West Coast. Many of us come from the islands, you know, directly from Hawaii or Tonga or Samoa. And you come together, and then you you have a the the, the coaches then provide you a central purpose, a unified purpose for what you're trying to achieve. Then you got to work with one another, whether you're blocking for the next guy or uh, you know protecting them, whatever that you're doing, you got to do together in unison. Um, and it's just such a unique thing, but you also come with all of your prejudices. You come with all of your, your upbringing. 
all of that has to be set aside in order for all of this to work. We saw it, we, we saw how, how beautifully it worked two years ago, right? When when we got to the very top of the mountain. And and uh, and if you were standing, I dare say, Spuds, you and I were on the were on the field that day. If the feeling that you had that day, that moment, with all the players at that moment, I mean, did it did did you see how it didn't matter to anybody what your religion was, what your color was, of course, what your faith, what your faith was, you know, uh, what country you're from? It mattered zip. Zero. It didn't matter. Your socioeconomics, your race, none of it mattered in that run. And 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 the love and the honor that was felt, you know, the respect that players had for one another of all creeds and colors, it was just, and I, I don't mean to, you know, make it so melodramatic, but I, I'm telling you how it felt. You and I were standing on the field, and we looked around, and we saw players crying on, another one, on each other's shoulders and kissing one another. You know, grown men and their families, they're hugging each other and wives and children of all races and mix. And um, that's, I think that is the, the thing that sports does and what, what it helps teach us um, and why I think it has. I think that's why it has such an important role in our society, because it teaches us those things and it helps us uh, assimilate. Because, you know what, I took those things that I learned in, in the locker room and I took it with me to the NBC 10, and quite honestly, it, you know, a lot of folks there didn't play sports. Um, but I, I think that's one of the unique things that I, I bring to my work and my job every day is that I, I did play sports, and I, I do have that um, that that background, and and a lot of it had to you know I learned from my locker locker room buddies, and you know, and, and adjusting to one another and, and learning to you know, set aside whatever our prejudices was, where you grew up, and and understanding one another and, and you know, coming to love one another. I, I, I've always said that sports is a microcosm of life and that, in especially in football, where you, you rely on the person next to you to have your success and that when the team has success, everything follows that. And if, if the world would operate that way, it would be such a better place. I know it's impossible. But but I've I've been in this world for so many years that that's just the way I operate. You have to work as a team, and that's what sports has always taught me from the time playing sports as a kid to now working with the Eagles for more than thirty years. Here, it's about the team first, and then the individuals come after that. And there's a lot of corporations, as you know, uh, Dave. There's a lot of corporations who hire, you know, former athletes, whether college or, or professional athletes, because they, they recognize that. They, they bring that unique feature of, of uh, you know, a team where everybody talks about, you know, we want, we want, you know, we want to put you on a team and, you know, we want teamwork. Well, guys who played sports actually have been a part of teamwork and, you know, they, they protected each other physically and emotionally and, you know, even spiritually and they, you know, they watch out for each other and they, they know what, the, you know, they know how the other thinks. You have to also understand what what the guy next to you, what he's thinking, you know, before something happens. All those things I think serve us well uh, as as former athletes, as athletes, and, and looking forward into our lives. And I think, you know, I, I think it serves a great purpose in this country. Vi, nineteen ninety two, nineteen ninety three. Take us back. What was it like to play for the Philadelphia Eagles? 
Well, uh, I'll take it back one year before that. I was playing with the Green Bay Packers. I was on the field, across the field, with as a Packer wearing their uniform. That was the day that Randall Cunningham got hurt on opening day. And a test on Monday will show how bad exactly, but they fear the worst. Expected to miss the entire season. So Jim McMahon with his tinted window came in and watched this doink. Chuck Cecil, no, it's Keith Byers. A touchdown. Boy, Jim McMahon, just like he diagrammed it, Tom. Ball takes some strange bounces sometimes. Here, the second effort by Cecil actually causes the catch by Byers. And just the way McMahon planned it as he comes and celebrates in the end. And... Um, I had returned a punt that it should have been a touchdown, but I got tripped up by Ken Rose at like the three foot yard line, at the one yard line. And after the game, Jim McMahon, who was my college teammate, came to me and he said, Hey, um, I want you to consider coming to Philly. I said, Jim, <laughs> our first game just ended. What are you talking about? He goes, No, I, you know, you need to come to Philly. So we spoke later that season on the phone, and he said, honestly, Vi, I played in Chicago. We won a Super Bowl there, and Chicago fans are great. But he said, playing in Philadelphia is just such a unique thing. Uh, you need to come and, and get a feel of what it's like to play in the city and be a part of this. Uh, look, the Eagles weren't even a championship team, and here's a guy who just won a Super Bowl, like, you know, I don't know, three or four or five years before, and he was talking about Philadelphia like, you know, like it had been a championship team, and it wasn't. Chicago, you know, 85 Bears are still considered one of the all-time greats. So when I came here, Dave, it was, you know, Reggie White was here, and Jerome was still here, Seth, Clyde Simmons, all that whole defense was here. Um, it was such a, a unique experience to come here. And I played in on two other teams in three cities. I played with the Cardinals in St. Louis and in Phoenix and then with the Packers. And, and I, I, played, I played in iconic Lambeau Field. Um, well, the truth is, you know, the, the, uh, I never left the city. I never left Philadelphia. I came here almost 30 years ago, and I never left the city. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it that much. And I raised my children here. Um, it's just such a unique experience to come play on this team for you know, for the Eagles, and I played it. I, you know, I I dressed up for the Packers. I, I I played at Lambeau Field. I'm telling you, it's great playing at Lambeau and wearing, you know, running out, you know, with the yellow and gold uniform of the Green Bay Packers. Um, but there's not there was nothing like coming out of the tunnel at at Veterans Stadium, and you know, I didn't I never I didn't play in this stadium at the link, but. That there would be nothing like coming out of the tunnel at Lincoln Financial Field. It's, playing for this team is just a unique thing. And by the way, I travel all over the country and all over the world. Sure, I'm, this Dave, this happened to me in Tonga. This happened to me in Tonga. I, I walked into a small little, this tiny little village. Uh, and it was a little, it was a bush out in the middle of the bush in the jungle. I went to go email something, and there was a Peace Corps volunteer there to help me. And, he, and as he stood up, he was wearing an Eagles hat. And he looked at me, he goes, hi, Sikahemo? I go, yeah, wh who are you? He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm Dave Sorensen, and I went to school at Penn State. I'm from Maniunk. I'm here in the Peace Corps. What are you doing here? I, I said, what? 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 
you know, I'm telling you, this is, you know this, Dave, because people recognize you, too, and you travel all over the country. Eagles fans are everywhere. And, you know, I didn't find that to be so among Cardinals fans. And, you know, there's lots of Packers fans. But Eagles fans, they just, they're more vocal that way. Packers fans will see you, but they won't say anything. You know, they'll, they'll, Eagles fans will look at you. They'll see you at the airport, uh, you know, down the terminal, and they'll go, ooh, ooh, you know. I love that. Because we're more vocal than everybody else, and we're in your face, whether good and bad, you know. Hey, you stink, you know, that, you'll hear that too. Um, that, that's what I love about Eagles fans. They're, they're not shy, they're loud. Um, but they're just so fun. And, and my last one, how many, what percentage of those fans come up to you and recreate your punch oh. the goalposts after the punt return against the Giants in 1992? It's, you know, it's been over 25 years, Dave, so you get this. I, I feel so sorry for kids who, who come up there, you know, and I know they, they have no, one, they, they probably don't know who I am, and two, they don't know anything about goalpost punching. But the father goes, get up there, there you go. Show them how to do it, you know. And, and, then, and then there's like a 20-year-old kid standing there looking at his father like, what, what are you talking about? And who is this guy? But, the, you know, the fathers always make him come up. And, and of course, the young ones, too, they're, you know, six, seven years old. And I'm picking them up to take a picture. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe, you know, your dad will probably go home and show you on YouTube or something. But the kids have no idea. But I, it always cracks me up because, you know, it's always the fathers. Yo, Shikahimo! You know, you know, and they just start doing the shadow boxing stuff. It just cracks me up. I love them. I, I love every one of them. Vi, was it, was that a spontaneous move? Well, yeah. I mean, I you know, I didn't know I was going to score a touchdown that day. I caught a punt and I ran it back. But you know, I was I was it. I scored the touchdown along the uh, giant sideline, and so I had to jog back the length of the end zone to get back to ours. And as I did, I just glanced over and noticed the goalpost was, you know, had the blue padding with the Giants logo down the middle of it. And, and in a flash, I, you know, it just so happened that my dad trained me to be a fighter as a boxer. You, you probably know that. And the, and the heavy bag that we trained on happened to be that same exact color. And it just so reminded me of, I thought, if hey, dad's watching right now, dropped the football and went over there and just started digging lefts and rights and hooks into the bag just sort of paying homage to him because I knew he'd get a kick out of it. And I got in the locker room and everybody, you know, every reporter came up, oh, man, that was awesome. What a great tribute to the fight town that Philadelphia is. And, I, you know, I, I, I wasn't thinking about that, but I thought, you're right, Joe Frazier, you know, all these great fighters that have come out of, uh, you know, uh, out of this area, Saad Muhammad, they're, they're you know, Bernard Hopkins, you know, we, we didn't know then, but this is a fight town. So I just, you know, went with it and went along and had some fun with it. The Rocky, of course, all that stuff. Um, but nobody has ever forgot. No, nobody ever lets me forget about that. I'm telling you, Dave, to this day, it's been almost 30 years. Uh, I see an Eagles fan someplace that going to a restaurant, man. They pick up so many of my tabs. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I love that. They're, hey, one of the great branding marketing moves of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been living close. I got that. I've been, I've been squeezing every drop out of that, uh, out of that marketing move. Cause they kept me, you know, landed me a job on television that absolutely paid me the way more than I ever made it football. 
and provided me a life that I never had even dreamed of. All because, uh, you know, partly because I punched the goalpost that uh, that Sunday night in Giant Stadium. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Vi, thank you so much. I'll see you during the season. Can't wait for September or whenever the NFL starts to get here. Uh, it looks fun. And by the way, we can't wait to have you back on Channel 10, too. Uh, you know, our segment is, uh, is is always fun, always awesome to have you on TV, brother. I love doing it. Thanks so much, Vi. Have a great day. You're the best. You too, bud. Take care, man. Now more than ever, we've come to understand the importance of celebrating special moments with those we love. The Eagles Autism Foundation and Children's Hospital of Philadelphia want to help you commemorate these occasions. Throughout June, you'll have the unique opportunity to recognize someone special by posting a message on the video board at Lincoln Financial Field. Visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Eagles Autism Foundation to learn how to celebrate with a shout out. All right, we've got a new segment here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We're calling it Stats Corner. And from time to time, we will introduce you to some Eagles-related stats, and we will discuss those very statistics. And helping me from the Eagles Kids Club is Jacob. Jacob, how are you, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready for 2020 and a little Eagles football, right? Yeah, I'm so excited for the season to start. I am with you, my man. All right, let's go. What kind of stat do you have for me today? All right, so did you know Carson Wentz engineered three game-winning drives, including two fourth-quarter overtime comebacks during the Eagles' division-clinching four-game winning streak in 2019? Only three NFL quarterbacks have had more game-winning drives than Wentz. Last season, Josh Allen, he had five, Deshaun Watson had five, and Russell Wilson had five. All right, so what's interesting about this, Jacob, and that's a good point. We'll go through those games in a minute. So Carson's had eight game-winning drives in his career, and really until the 2019 season was criticized a bit for not having more. He had one in 2016, a fourth-quarter game against the Atlanta Falcons, a, a game the Eagles won 24-15. to 2017, he had one against the Giants, a 27-24 win against the Colts and the Giants in 2018, but only four going into the 2019 season. And then last year, he puts together four of them, one <laughs> against the Green Bay Packers. That was a big win early in the season. They yeah. were one and two going into that game. And mm-hmm. then the three games late in the year, the Giants, the Redskins, and then the Giants again. Jacob, of those four games, which one of them stands out the most to you? 100% the Packers game. Why? Pass is caught by Jeffrey. Blitz. Pass is caught by Ertz. First down. Uh, not only were they below 500 going into the game, they went on the road on a Thursday night game, and they won against Aaron Rodgers. And he doesn't lose a lot of Thursday night games at home. It was a beautiful win. So a couple of statistics from those games. Interestingly enough, Jacob, in those four games, Carson Wentz, nine touchdown passes, zero interceptions. And we do remember that Thursday night game going toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers, three touchdown passes for Wentz. They fake it to Howard, throw it, touchdown. And a different kind of back, certainly to Sanders, it helps him. Here he is, 
swinging out. Howard will walk in for the touchdown. And then Carson came back in December. Eagles really needing a win. Monday night football, the New York Giants in town. The Eagles sluggish as could be. But Wentz rallies the Eagles late in the fourth quarter and then wins the game in overtime. Now with the ball at the 39, here's play action. Wentz, quick strike and a quick completion to Josh Perkins. Second and 10, Wentz to the near side. He drills that ball right to Greg Ward. Wentz to the end zone, wide open. They did it. Zach Ertz, eat that W, Philly. And then, hey, Jacob, this game, how about this one? December 15th, Eagles at the Redskins, a game they had to win. And what happens? The Eagles have all these practice squad players on the field. (laughs) Do you remember who caught the touchdown pass? Greg Ward Jr. Greg Ward Jr. with the TD catch to put the Eagles ahead. Wentz looking around in the end zone, throws in the back corner. It is a touchdown, Philadelphia! And it's Greg Ward, who has been the money man on this drive for the Eagles. The former star quarterback just two And then in the regular season finale, a game the Eagles had to win, a 17-17 game in the fourth quarter. The Eagles go on to win it 34-17. And Carson Wentz coming up big once again down the stretch. Third down and 13. They're coming after Wentz. Screen to Scott. And he breaks a couple of tackles. And Boston Scott inside the five. Oh, my. Who is Boston Scott? Scott already a couple of rushing touchdowns. He's going to get a chance for another. And he plows his way into the end zone. Hey, very cool, Jacob. Thank you very much. That's the first of our Stats Corner. Hey, Jacob, will you come back and join me again? Definitely. You're the man. Hey, Jacob, keep enjoying the Eagles Kids Club. And for anyone who wants to join the Eagles Kids Club, visit PhiladelphiaEagles.com slash Kids Club. And that will do it for this episode of the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. We would love it if you give us a five-star rating. It always helps with the bosses. We are going to get Jeffrey Lurie on here one day. And he wants to see five-star ratings. That's all I can say. We have a little link for you in our details section of your podcast library. Thanks to Ray Doyle and Peter Kelly for their great work. Thanks to all of you for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Wednesday, Cravon LeBlanc joins me, and we talk about everything going on in this very eventful offseason in the NFL. Yeah, Cravon went out in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago and joined the protest. We'll get... His view on that as well as his offseason and a new look, Eagles defensive backfield. Thanks, everyone, for joining. This is Eagles insider Dave Spadaro. Have yourselves a great Eagles day and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!